from glassblower to CEO, our next guest on Good Dudes Grow. Tell us how he got started in the cannabis industry and how he's helping others get started. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. On the Good News Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good News Grow 2.0. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good News Grow. I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and I have a... Somebody who started in the basic glass blowing industry and then kind of blew up in the cannabis industry. So we're going to figure out exactly how he went from one industry to the other and what's going on with that industry. So I'm welcome Chris Piazza, the CEO of Canna Devices to our show. Chris, thank you. Hey, thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. Uh, for those who don't know, me and Chris have been trying to connect for like a couple of months. We've been going back and forth. So it's kind of an honor to get him on my show finally. But tell us how, like I said in the intro, tell us how you, you started in glassblowing. First of all, how did you get involved in glassblowing? That, that'd even be a, a start from there. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So, um, you know, it actually goes back to when I was about 14. I, when I first saw my first pipe, I just fell in love with glass. You know, this, this kid went to a fish concert and he brought a bunch of glass to high school and he was, you know, just uh, on the corner, he was selling it and I bought one and I just, I fell in love with like glass pipes specifically. I'd always loved glass, but like I saw this thing there. And um, so I said at that time that I wanted to blow glass and all my friends made fun of me. And about 10 years later, you know, whatever it was, actually, it's not that much longer, about yeah, eight years later or so, I found myself in Colorado. I was uh, finishing up a stint working at Copper Mountain. So I was like a lifty. I was I was running the lifts there. And I had bought like a real cheap, it was called a map gas torch. And I was just melting and sticking glass together. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. And uh, my roommate at the time said, you know, why don't you, you're in, you're in Colorado of all places. Why don't you see if you can find somebody that would teach you. And this is before Facebook. And there were, there were forums back then. And I went on a, a glass forum and I made a post. I said, Hey, I'm finishing my, uh, my seasonal work at copper. Is there anybody that I could come down to Denver and learn from Tyrell, uh, was my teacher is, um, his Instagram handle is R O N E G L A S S Roan glass. He gave me the opportunity and he was my teacher. So I did an apprenticeship with him. And then uh, another gentleman, Ryan Rosberg, for about two years. Yeah, that's how I got started with glass. It was just literally posted on a forum and I got the opportunity. Now, were they were they already in the cannabis industry doing this glass thing? Was it, did, you, did, did you start straight in the industry or you went from one to the other? So they were they were glass blowers for a long time. They'd started about 10 years prior and they brought me in. Um, you know, I, I guess I just learned this new new term. I've been involved in the cannabis industry in the traditional markets for a long time before. Um, 
Glassblowers kind of had this little thing back in the day that we used to say when we graduate from the traditional markets, we become glassblowers because you can actually like, yeah, have a real business that way. Um, <laughs> so that so that's how I kind of it's always been both. It, it, it's funny you say that because I, I, inv- I interviewed uh, Tommy Chong uh, last year. Yeah, he told us about how how he was getting. You know, they were coming. They were raiding his house, and he'd have pot everywhere, and nothing would be at the pot. Then he would go after the the, the glasses that he had, the glass, like the, the you know the devices he had, and so he got actually in trouble not for having pot, but but actually in trouble for having the paraphernalia to actually smoke pot because that because he. This whole story is actually pretty interesting. So if anybody, if anybody has never heard it, go, go on our podcast, check it out. But it, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty hilarious how they say, okay, no, you're not in trouble for having this huge bag of weed, but you're going to be in trouble for this little pipe. <laughs> it was Operation Pipe Dreams was all of that. It was a big deal that night. So I started basically right after that. Yeah. Okay. So for most people who don't know, uh, Glass blowing basically is you just it, you heat up glass and, and you forge it or or kind of melt it into the design you want, correct? Yep. Yeah. So we start I, I with uh, we'll start with a clear tube of glass and we'll put it on what we call a, a handle and then we'll decorate it however we do. Then we'll shape it into a pipe and take it off the handle and there you go. It's uh, it's as easy as that. It's that easy. <laughs> Great. Now we're going to have everybody in the basement trying to light, light stuff up and start burning stuff. As a firefighter, it would be terrible for my business. <laughs> well, it depends how you look at it. It might actually be good for business. <laughs> so you started that, and then how did you go from there to, to founding uh, Canada Devices? How, how did that switch come over? That was over about a 10-year period. I had started to expand my own glass business and had a couple of apprentices. Well, so I moved back to Illinois. I started to work with my, who is now my business partner, he had a studio in my area and I got an opportunity to work with him. We actually started a school for a little while and we were teaching other people how to blow glass. And then uh, I went off to do scientific glass work. So I made things for, uh, for GE and some stuff for the DOD and then started my own studio where I had a few apprentices. We had a little over a hundred smoke shops that we worked with. That's when my business, my uh, now business partner came to me and said, hey, you know, I have quite a bit of connections in the cannabis space and dispensary game. What do you think about us building a distribution, a distribution company dedicated to dispensaries? That's how it sort of got started. He came to me and, you know, I had quite a bit of a network for production artists to be able to tap into. And he had the sales side. Um, he'd been in the industry. He's a glassblower as well. He started in 2000, so he started a little before me. So we're two glassblowers that came together with the different connections that we had, and and that's how Canada Devices was born. That that's that's incredible. So I'm not a I don't use actually I'm not allowed to use. So basically, this is all foreign to me. So but for those for those who don't know. They're not, uh, pipes are not all the same made out of glass, correct? There's like two different things or some, same thing with products. There's some low end and there's some high end, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of, so you can, the first differentiation is import, meaning made overseas, you know, uh, generally a little bit of a lower quality. They cut corners um, to be able to make things less expensive, right? And then in, in the American side of things, you have, sort of two tiers. You have your production, which is 
still fairly uh, consistently made of the same style. And then you have your high end or, you know, industry term of headies. Um, that's your stuff that's unique, different, truly an art form. Um, I look at production as a little bit more of like an artisan type of product. Um, and then you have your, your high end glass, which we don't currently do too much with. We like to try to stay affordable. So basically our products, we tap, we, we cap out at about a hundred dollars, $125 retail, but we actually had, uh, for the first time in the industry, I think we, we cracked the million dollar pipe. So there's a pipe that sold for a million dollars. There's a very wide range, you know, in, in cost to these different items. So let me ask you this. So I'd like the, I'm just asking questions because I'm curious, the whole vape thing that went down and everybody was afraid of, of using the vape cartridges and everything else like that. The pipes themselves are the glass, the different colors, the different stuff. Are they, are they is that painted on? Is that special glass? Is that, how does that, how does that? So the last thing I want to do is, is, you know, I'm a hazmat tech. Last thing I want to be doing is inhaling a, a paint can. You know, I could pretty just go to Home Depot and get one of those <laughs> instead of buying a million dollar pipe. <laughs> I guess, you know, some teach their own, right? Um, <laughs> so how, how we make things, we, all the colors are created by glass. So it's just colored glass rather than clear glass. We also use precious metals like silver and gold to turn from, and we're gonna do a little science uh, lesson. We go from a solid state to a liquid to a gaseous state. When silver is turned into a gaseous state, it will attach to the glass. And then we heat it again to bake it into the glass. And that's what gives you your iridescent um, color changing appearance. So your silver gives you your blues or a little bit of yellow. Um, gold will give you your pinks and purples, um, some greens. And so we use those types of metals. Um, and then for our branded products, cause we can offer a whole line of products where we actually brand with a dispensary's logo, things like that. We use a ceramic based ink that we actually bake into the glass. So it's not a sticker or a decal that can smolder from a lighter or peel off. We actually apply this ceramic ink bake it at over 1100 degrees so it bonds with the glass and so those are sort of the main um, ways to decorate you can also sandblast um, which is really you know like a frosted glass look so those are the main color patterns for how to how to design glass yeah that's pretty interesting i didn't i knew the gaseous state part but i didn't know how to change colors on the on the glass that's pretty interesting yeah so it, it sounds like you started in the glass industry and then everything went well for you as an entrepreneur we're gonna ask now not just so everything was easy you started blowing gas next thing you know you you made you made some connections and you're off to the races made a company and everything was great, right? Yeah, well, exactly. I got my yacht parked out here, you know. <laughs> oh, it's far, that is far from what it was. Oh man, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm grateful for all my experiences. When I, uh, when I say I just moved from Colorado to Illinois, that was, uh, there was a little more to that. I was homeless, I was living in my car. Um, I was, I actually was paying a little extra rent for the studio so that I could park my, my truck behind the studio and sleep there. Um, and I, and I would, uh, I'd park my car in this one certain awkward spot because the sun would like not hit there until later in the morning. Um, 
And then that didn't work when fall came because the sun came from a different angle. And so, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I had those times, you know, I, I had to move back to Illinois where family was, you know, get my, uh, get my nose clean. You know, I was doing a lot of things that I definitely shouldn't have been doing that were, uh, were making, not making life easier, you know, and, and got rid of all that stuff in my life and reconnected with glass after about six months or a year, about six months. And really, I, I guess I kind of became an adult. That's why I went into the scientific field for a little while, spent a couple of years there while still doing my own thing on the side. Um, but I did all those, I jumped through those hoops to like buy a house and, you know, whatever. Um, and then I went back into the, the really, I can't work for somebody. I am a terrible employee. It just, it just doesn't work. Um, so I ended up starting to start my own, my own studio again. Um, you know, I've had plenty of failures. I had a Bitcoin mining company that didn't do so well in the interim. Um, you know, tried some different products, didn't really work out. I've, I've definitely, I've definitely had the ups and downs, but you know, you just can't stop. I mean, right. You know, and, and that's the key to it all. So, so the reason why I wanted to ask you that brings me to my next question. You, you founded a nonprofit also that helps uh, smaller businesses either find capital or find ways to actually grow in the cannabis industry. Is this the reason why you did it? Cause it wasn't easy for you. You, you, you found some way of actually helping others. So you decided since it wasn't as easy for me, I create something so I can actually bring what I, my knowledge that I've learned over the last few years of my mistakes to the others so that they don't do the same thing. Is that about right? You're just, you're basically spot on. So I, I want to clarify that um, it's actually not just for cannabis. So Correct. for okay. any, any business, any small business, oh. cannabis is welcome. We don't, we don't discriminate against any, any, anything, right? Um, Even better. Yeah. You know, and, and what I found was I have, I am surrounded by entrepreneurs and it's just the network of friends that I have outside of my business. These are just, these are the guys that I, I hang out with, you know, outside of work. We realize that we all have the same struggles. It doesn't matter whether it's cannabis, doesn't matter whether it's roofing, construction. We have a couple uh, beauticians, right? We all have the same struggles and we're all going through the same things. We're all lonely when, you know, everybody else leaves and, and all the lights are off except for our office, right? You know, when, uh, when we're having to pay our employees, but we haven't been paid for three months, right? During those times and all of these struggles and what hit me, uh, I was actually getting my hair cut. My hair used to be down in the middle of my back. Uh, and then I had to become like, you know, uh, presentable. The adult. Yeah, the adult, <laughs> right? And, uh, and so I was, I was having a conversation with, uh, with, my, with my beautician, haircutter person. And, uh, and she was describing all these problems that she was having. She didn't have anybody to talk to. And I was very fortunate that my household, we talked business, we talked money. It was not taboo at the dinner table. We were talking about stock market stuff. It's always been ingrained in how I grew up. And I realized that not everybody's that way. So two of my other founders, uh, Steve Staley and Mike Crawford, we all come from completely different backgrounds. Steve comes from a straight blue collar, work for a company until you retire. Don't, don't do anything on your own, it's too risky. And then Mike Crawford, who was, uh, was an executive level for 20 plus years, he actually grew up in an entrepreneurial household, but chose to go the corporate route. So the three of us were like, man, this is how we all look at business completely different. We should be talking about this and sharing this. And that's sort of how Startup Syndicate came to be. 
And so our goal is to raise money and, and grants for uh, under two year under two year old businesses. So you know that's when uh, that's when a thousand dollars. I use this example all the time. When a paint when a when a when a house painter gets a paint who has a thousand dollars extra to buy a paint sprayer because the bank's not going to give them a loan and they can't get a credit card for it, that changes their life and that offers them their opportunity to hire a back roller. And now we're now we're now we're increasing the ability to to create uh, increasing jobs for a thousand dollars, right? And so that's where the passion is. I don't know. I kind of got on a soapbox a little bit there, but like, there's a lot of passion between behind helping all of them out. Yeah. No, I understand 100. Being a, being an entrepreneur, a firefighter, uh, the business that I'm creating out in Costa Rica, it's you know, it's tough to find people to understand. You know what you go through on a daily basis. It's not a a forty hour work week. It's you know it's 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 an every day, every hour work week. You're always tied to your phone or your computer. It's you basically don't have to plan your work week. You got to plan your free time, your family time, and everything else. And that, and that's and that's it's a good thing that you're doing, helping everybody out through the mistakes and everything else. So that's that's amazing. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know we're we're very um, we're very lucky to. To be in the in the time and the place that we are, you know, Canada Devices right now, we have over 65 artists that work for us full time that they never have to look for work. They never have to wonder how their bills are going to get paid. They're consistently getting weekly paychecks from us. Something I, I, I like to touch on a little bit is, uh, you know, the cannabis industry, when we started, you were asking about how it went from glass to cannabis. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I've never seen them as separate things. And so if you go back in before this legalization occurred, if you knew a grower, you knew a glass blower. And if you knew a glass blower, you knew a grower. If you didn't know either of those, then you were probably getting scammed with some really not so great weed because those were the two where you got your weed from, right? And so as the corporate cannabis came to be, funding went after the growers because it was a scalable business. Okay, look, right. if we can do this in a hundred square feet, we can do it in a thousand, we can do it in a million, right? And quality goes down. We don't have to talk about that. But like yeah. that's where <laughs> capital can go, right? And the right. grass floors were sort of just standing at the at the train station, the train left, and they were like, What's going on? Like, why are we doing better? Because all the dispensaries went for the lowest dollar products they could import. And so that's where we came in and we're like, you know what? This needs to change. The glass floors built this industry just as big as the growers did. And right. they need to be protected and taken care of. And so that's the uh, that's the premise to our business model as far as how to help the other half of the industry that's gotten left behind. That's incredible. Hats, hats off to you for doing that. <laughs> if people wanted to contact you, follow you and learn more about uh, how they can get either involved in glass blowing, buy glass blowing, or even get involved with the, uh, your nonprofit, how would you do that? So uh, the best thing is cannadevices.com um, for Anything related to the business, we're on Instagram, uh, Instagram at Canada Devices. I'm on LinkedIn as Chris Piazza IL. Um, so you can search me. I, uh, I got a snazzy like blue jacket shirt thing on. Um, yeah, I got a sport coat. And uh, <laughs> those are the best ways to get in touch. I mean, uh, I can definitely reconnect with the startup uh, through LinkedIn is probably the best way. That's awesome. What we'll do, we'll put all those links in the show notes so that everybody can actually link up with uh, with Chris if they need to link up with them. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and finally getting on our show with us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. It was an honor. Appreciate it. All right, man. You have a great day. You too. 
Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is Podcast Powertrain. Right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material. If you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked, all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there. Also, if you're looking for a platform, not sure which platform to use to record your show on, Riverside FM is the one we use. You can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside, check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you, well, we'll see you, but. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.